bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensa Otterville. And now, today's word. So, Jeremiah says, the word was eaten by me. The word goes into my heart. And it says, when it comes into my heart, it is the rejoicing of my heart. When the word of God settles in your heart, the sign that the word has settled in you is the joy that the word of God gives you. The word settles in your heart and settles you. It gives you peace. It gives you confidence. How can I know that I have believed the word of the Lord? There will be settlement in my heart. There will be joy. There will be rejoicing. Now, the joy is not the same as laughter. Joy is not the same as happiness. Laughter is, is, is external. Joy is internal. Joy is when you have a full assurance in your heart that it will be well. You may not be laughing out loud, but you are joyful. Now, how do you get to that point when the word of God is broken down and it settles inside you? You say it over and over. You repeat after the Lord what he says. Then his word settles in you. It brings you peace and joy. Then the passage says, I like how it says, it says, For I am called by your name. Now, what does that mean? God's word. Going out of your mouth. Goes out in his name. So God says something to me. I say it over and over again until the word settles in my spirit. Then at a certain point, I release it out of my mouth. At that time, the word I'm speaking is no longer mine. It is the word of God settled in me and now released into my situation. That word of God carries the name of the Lord. It carries his authority. So you realize the word has power. It is sent to me. I must eat it. How do I eat it? I put it in my mouth. I say it over and over again. I'm chewing on the word. I'm chewing on the word. Very soon it settles in my spirit and then I'm able to declare it out of my mouth. Boldly and confidently. The word of God out of my mouth. So you realize that what you store in your heart in the declaration of the word of God is very important. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Verse 35 to 37. Matthew chapter 12 verse 35 to 37. And this is what it says. A good man and a woman... Out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word that men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Verse 37, very frightening. For by your words you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Wow. Not just by your actions, but also by your words. So, what does the passage say? One is that our heart 
is our treasure house. Your heart is your treasure house. Our hearts refer to that which is deep inside us. We store words in our hearts. We store feelings in our hearts. We store emotions in our hearts. So when somebody hurts you, somebody mistreats you, somebody says wrong things about you, you, you don't just hear them, you store them inside you. And the place where you store them is called your heart. Many of us have thoughts of fear, inadequacy, and low self-esteem deeply stored within us, in our hearts. And eventually, we will use words that reflect the kind of things we have stored in our hearts. So if somebody keeps telling you, you are nobody, you are nobody, you are nobody, you are nobody, you can't amount to much. Oh, you can't achieve anything, you are nothing, you are nothing, you are nothing. Sometimes you may think, oh, it doesn't matter. But you store them and 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 store them. And the Bible says you're storing them in your heart. And then when you start speaking out of that treasure, you're going to say, I'm nothing, I'm nothing, I'm nothing, I'm nothing, I'm nobody, I can't do anything. And you wonder, how, how, why am I always negative about myself? Is what you have stored inside you. Your heart is a storage place. So it says, words from a good treasure produces good things. A good man, good treasure, good things. The nature of what we have stored in our hearts influences the kinds of words we use. If the treasure in your heart is good, you speak words of victory and empowerment to yourself. And it says that when the treasure in your heart is good, the words you speak will justify you. The words you speak will justify you. In other words, it will defend and deliver you. So, many times what traps us and destroys us is not even the circumstance we are faced with. It is the words you have stored in your mouth and the words you are using that is going to either justify you or condemn you. By your words. By your words. Many people have self-defeating words. Anybody who goes about saying, as for me, I know I am not handsome. Believe you me, the word didn't just come out of their mouth. It was stored there. Somebody told them that many years. And they've stored it. As for me, I know I can't do anything. I have no helper. I have nobody to help me. I know I am weak. As for me, I know. I, and everything they say is negative. Somebody has stored evil treasure in their heart. And the mouth speaks it. But if it's good, the Bible says it will justify you. You can talk yourself into victory. You can talk yourself into promotion. You can release good treasure out of your mouth and the word will justify you. Out of impossibility, you can emerge victorious by the word of your mouth. So the good treasure will justify us. But the evil words of an evil treasure produces evil things. And the passage says they will condemn us. That word condemn means to imprison or to accuse and imprison. When your own words accuse and imprison you. Self-accusatory words. Self-defeating words. Energy-sapping words. 
And the sad thing is pretty soon, your word will form alliances. Because your words will gravitate you to people with similar words. Nothing good comes out of your life. So the treasure of your heart is very important. Treasure is very, very important. Now I'm going to take us briefly to a story in the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 14, you know the story. You've heard many sermons out of it. Numbers chapter 14, this is when the gods told Moses to send 12 spies to Jericho, uh, to the promised land. They go, they come back, and uh, 10 of them says that it's impossible. Two of them say it's possible. Joshua and Caleb are the two who say it's possible. And, and, and the people react, and so on and so forth. So listen to what the Bible says, Numbers 14, verse 1 to 3. So all the congregation lifted up their voice and voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained, note that word and line it, complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? The kinds of things people say, sometimes you wonder, are they thinking, what's wrong with them? But that's what they are saying. Verse 26. This is the scary part. The scary part. Verse 26 to 29. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation? Underline that. Evil. They are producing evil treasure. Evil congregation who complain against me. I have heard the complaints with which the children of Israel make against me. Say to them. As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. And all of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above. And he said they would, they would all die in the wilderness. This is self-imposed death. But the problem is the voice of complaint. Notice how God calls them this evil congregation. They complain because they have an evil treasure in their hearts. Where did they get the evil treasure from? Where did they get that evil treasure from? They got it from Egypt. For 400 years they lived in Egypt, they were slaves, they were told you are nobody, you are nobody, you are nobody, you can't do anything, you can't win anybody, you can't fight, you can't achieve anything. Now that is stored in their heart and when they are faced with a battle, guess what they are doing? They are reproducing the words that have been programmed inside them. Be careful the words that have been programmed in you. Sometimes the people who program those words in us are people who love us. They don't know any better. Could be your parents. Could be your mother, could be your father, could be your brother, could be a teacher, could be a friend. Sometimes it can even be a church, a pastor. Who put so much fear inside you. This time sometimes you get more fear in church than outside church. And it's programmed inside you. And every, you know, you hear people sometimes talking. Every sentence is about somebody pursuing them spiritually. Somebody trying to destroy them spiritually. And they're fighting spiritual battles. Fight. Listen. Your natural battles are enough. Now you are adding battles you don't even see. In the equation, life can be very hazardous 
when you look at it that way. Because somebody's always telling people are against you, your grandmother is against you, your aunt is against you, people are coming, somebody has judged you, somebody has done that. You know what they're doing? They are putting a treasure in your heart. And out of that, you're going to speak. Anytime you face a problem, what you say is what has been filled in your heart. These guys were complaining. Now, what kind of complaining? First, it was ingratitude. They dishonored God for all his past works. They had no respect for what God had done for them in the past. They said, it, was, it would have been better if we had died in Egypt. Can you imagine? Have you noticed that sometimes people who have been through a lot of pain and get helped are the least grateful? You help the person, everybody feels, oh, this person will be so grateful for the help. But they, they, they have the most stinking attitude. And they forget all the help they receive. Because at this moment, they are going through some little difficulty. Ingratitude. Nothing God had done for them in the past seemed appreciable in their sight. And evil people are people who do not appreciate what God or others have done for them in the past. They look back at their lives and act as if nothing good has ever happened to them. If you are one of them, this message is for you. The second complaint is a manifestation. It's unbelief. They are questioning God's power. In spite of all that God has done for them, they couldn't believe that God could do what he had promised them. They asked, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? That our wives and children should become victims. The third is a manifestation of inferiority. They doubted their own abilities. They saw the opposition they were faced with. Looked down at themselves and felt little in their own eyes. When you feel inferior, you're going to complain all the time. Nobody helps me. I can't do anything. And you know, this is my uncle. He helped me and gave me this. And it's not enough. Well, what if he hadn't given you anything? What if, what if the person hadn't given you anything? What if nobody had helped you? But he helped you, you think it's not enough. And you can't even appreciate the little that has been done to help you. God called them an evil congregation. An evil congregation, a whole nation can't appreciate that, yes, we have problems, but we have been delivered from Egypt. They say, yes, we have problems. Uh, even Egypt was better. An evil congregation. And then they begin to say to God, oh, it would be better if we had died. This, we, we will even die in this wilderness. And God says, okay, I've heard it's, it's amazing. God hears your complaint. Now remember, they were not complaining to God, actually. They were, the Bible says they were complaining to Moses. So the conversation is Moses. Moses, look at it. Hey, we are suffering. Moses, life is hard. Moses, life is hard. And God says, I've heard it. So it, it means that many times you sit with your friends and you complain about how hard life is. Guess who is also listening? <laughs> God hears. When you're complaining, you know this thing, uh, now there's, no, there's no, now no way for me. I, I think I'm going to die. I, I think I'm tired of my life. Guess who is listening? God. 
God says, I heard it. I heard it. I've heard the complaints against me. And since God is a prayer answering God, He said, I will answer. I will do what you have said to me. You want to die in the wilderness? I will answer the prayer. So from all of you who were 20 years and above, when we left Egypt, I'm going to delay you in the wilderness for 40 years and kill all of you. According to your prayer, God acts on what he hears. Have you ever wondered, why is my life going the way it is? Have you wondered what you've been praying? I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of life. I'm tired. I'm tired. God says, I've heard. I give up. I give up. I give up. I've heard. Let me die and go peacefully. You sure? God says, I've heard. Words are very powerful. Don't ever underestimate them. Don't let frustration make you condemn yourself. Don't let your trouble make you condemn yourself. Because by your words, you will be justified. By your words, you will be condemned. And God said to Abraham, go and sacrifice your son, your only son Isaac on Mount Moriah. The servants asked, Abraham, where are we going? If Abraham was you, that's why Abraham is not you. Abraham would say, all these years, I've served God. I've served God. I've served God with all my heart. Now I have this boy, I'm going to kill him. Abraham was you. I'm going, I'm going to kill the boy. I'm going to kill the boy. God says, I go, I should go and kill the boy. Can you be what kind of God is it? What kind of God is it? What kind of God is it? I'm going to kill the boy. Thank God Abraham is not you. Otherwise, the Bible of the end of the Bible would have been a totally different story. But Abraham says, We're going to worship on the mountain. But what word did he hear? You're going to kill your son. He says, yeah, 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 yeah. I heard, I have a treasure in my heart. God promised me in my heart that this boy will make me a father of many nations. That's my treasure. That's what I've hidden in my heart. I've heard something, but what's in my heart is this boy will make me a father of many nations. So he says, we're going to go to the mountain to worship. And he didn't end there. And he said, we will come back. We will come back. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otterbill at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.
Show.